When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The Betfair Exchange. More ways to bet, more ways to win. Proud sponsors of the Final Furlong Podcast. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate online resource for racing fans. Welcome along to another special edition of the Final Furlong Podcast as our countdown to Cheltenham continues. This time I am joined by a man who enjoyed two Cheltenham Festival winners last season, Joseph O'Brien, the master of Owning Hill. Welcome back to the Final Furlong Podcast. Thanks very much, Emma. Great to have you on board Joseph it's been I'm sure an incredibly busy time for you has the weather been impeding you at all because you're not too far away from yeah. me and it's been insane yeah no we've had a we've had a busy uh, a busy run of things uh, recently um, um, uh, plenty of plenty of runners and horses running well and uh, uh, some winners have done dog and uh, um, and the jumping string is in good shape also so excited and looking forward to Cheltenham and as a dual purpose yard I was at a Cheltenham preview night the other night and one of the jockeys was saying that every time they go to Owning Hill, it seems like it gets bigger. Like it's just, it's like I know that it's one of the most advanced training bases in the country, and well done to you for all the developments that you've done. But it, it does seem to be increasing all the time. So, running the dual purpose yard, that still remains the plan to be flat and jumps. Yeah, no, we have we haven't increased anything in in about a year. So it's probably a good while since that fella was back riding out for us. I'd say by the sound of things, but 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 um no we have we haven't increased our numbers for the last year or so but we ha- we're very lucky to uh, have a have a great team of staff um, and a great team of owners probably what has happened is our flat string has maybe got a little bit bigger and our national hunt string has probably tightened up a little bit um, um, but but uh, you know in, in going 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 forward I'd like to think we'll be very we'll be competitive in the jumps fixtures for another while anyhow so some jockey hasn't been invited back for a while anyway or else is telling porky pies one, one or the <laughs> other uh, let's start so with your team with Fakir Dudari who was an absolute joy to watch he put in an exhibition of jumping in the Drimmore Novices Chase uh, last time out he was beaten by Notebook in the Grade One at Leopardstown at Christmas, but that form's been franked. He's gone on and won another Grade One since. We haven't seen him since that that defeat. Uh, how is he? And have you decided on your Cheltenham target yet? Yeah, he's in very good shape. Uh, there hasn't been a final decision made on the Cheltenham target, and and there won't be until the last minute, I'd imagine. Um, the ground got, will be a little bit of a guide, but he's in good shape, and we're looking forward to looking forward to hopefully getting there in one piece and, gi- and giving him a crack at it distance won't be a problem because if you can win the Drinmore and then get close to Notebook who's gone on and won another grade one uh, it really is so a case of the ground for him then you want it to be pretty decent ground yeah, well, he's he's versatile. He's versatile distance-wise, and um, um, as listen, as long as it wouldn't be too quick, he'd be fine. But he's he's in good shape, and hopefully gets there in one piece, and then we'll we'll pick our race from there. 
Are you a little bit frustrated that you haven't had the chance to get a prep run into him? Not really. Um, uh, it would have been nice to run at the Dublin Racing Festival, but but um, um, uh, we we opted not to. Uh, took the safer option, and uh, um, I, I, it's not not it's not an issue for him really. Certainly not with the training facilities you've got at Owning Hill anyway. You're pretty sure you could get a horse to win after three years off the track if you needed to be. So he remains an exciting prospect. We'll see if it's the Arkle or the Marsh for him. Uh, juvenile hurdlers, Joseph, you've got a, a heap of them, uh, as we say in Kilkenny. A wave of the sea, let's start with. He took the spring juvenile hurdle last time at the Dublin Racing Festival, uh, doing so after Aspire Tower took a tumble. But Cerberus almost looked like he was guaranteed to win that day and then for some reason just seemed to pull himself up so their form ties in quite well with each other are they both triumph hurdle bound um, I, I possibly so they both have entries in the Fred Winter as well um, um, but probably the triumph hurdle would be a little bit more likely both would go there with each way chances obviously it looks a very hot race this year with a couple of English contenders as well as uh, Aspire Tower um, uh, but, but listen, they're both in good shape and uh, hopefully get, get some place money or, or, or at least at least acquit themselves well So you trained the winner anyway but what did you make of a wave of the sea and uh, the way he stuck yeah, it out in was, comparison to how Cerberus sort of, sort of wilted yeah, I was very impressed with the wave of the sea. I thought he hit the line strong. Cheltenham had really suited him, uh, a strong finish, a stiff finish. Um, uh, so I'd be hopeful of a good run from him. And then Cerberus was a bit disappointed with, obviously, he looked to fade when he got to the front. Um, I think it was a kind of a psychological uh, thing more than anything else. And probably going to Cheltenham would be ridden more patiently in a stronger run race. That, that would probably suit him well. In terms of the Fred Winter, you've got Paisley, but it's is it likely he'd get in off a mark of 119? I, I don't think so, to be honest. So, so um, uh, it's unlikely that he'll travel. All right, we can leave him so to the sideline. Uh, that takes us then to us and them, who ran Stormers for you last year, uh, runner-up in four grade ones. He's been a little bit disappointing this season, but I need you to give us hope because Andrew Mount and Rory Delargy on our handicap special both were interested in him for the grand annual. Is that the plan? Yeah, that's the plan. He hasn't got his ground this year, and he didn't run badly the last day in Fairy House. So the plan plan is the grand annual, and um, um, and if you've got a bit nice bit of ground, I could see him outrun what will probably be a big price. It's a massive price. He's 33 to 1, 34.0 now on the Betfair Exchange. So uh, we're taking that. Thank, yeah. Thank you very, yeah, very much. Awesome. Yeah, hopefully he'll outrun his odds anyway. Emma. What's your plan with Shady Operator and Starmax? Um, I would say they're probably only 50 50 to travel. They'll be left in, they've le- been left in the races and will be left in at the final stage. Um, uh, Starmax probably more likely to stay at home, and then Shady Operator probably 50 50 at this stage. And Tower Bridge was a horse you expressed concerns about after his run in the Troy Town when we spoke to you before Christmas time. He's disappointed since. Is he going to go to Cheltenham? Um, um, I would say he probably might stay in Ireland. Um, it's a bit disappointing in Leverstown at Christmas time. Uh, he's come out of that that run seem, seemingly in good shape. Um, uh, he has a couple of options in Cheltenham, but I'd say he'll be staying at home. Okay, and Durasso looks as though he'll be going for the champion hurdle. That was a huge effort to give seven pounds to see Laos Emery last time at Goran. Yeah, yeah, and he has an option. He has a couple of different options. Um, uh, likes a bit of soft ground. He ran well in Goran last time, and uh, wherever the ground is softest is probably likely where he'll go. Okay, uh, Entukas is a horse I've had in my mind for a valuable handicap for quite some time. But again, we have a slight issue. Mark of one three one. Could he 
make the journey over to Cheltenham? Would he get in, do you think? Um, he, he's not guaranteed to get in. Uh, probably if he does get in anywhere, it might be the county, um, but not guaranteed to get in. If he gets in, he'll probably take his chance. So will he make the journey over in the hope that he gets in? Maybe something like that, yeah. We'll see closer to the time. Okay, he's been on my list for a while. Uh, Fakir, so this does bring us to the Martin Pipe then, um, a race you won last year. The problem is that while he was very, very impressive at Gorham Park last time out, the Irish handicapper took note and the British handicapper didn't do you any favours either. You went up £10 here and an extra 7 from the British handicappers. So they very much were, in, were impressed with fuck, what Fakir did. Uh, Martin Pipe for him? Yeah, he's likely runner. Obviously, it'll be tough carrying that much extra weight. Uh, big step up in class. Um, but he won well, so so we can't complain too much. Um, uh, anything we'll do, we'll probably run in that race also. Um, uh, we have Embitter there, has a couple of other options, Emma too. Um, and he, he's likely to travel over too. Um, uh, he could run in the Coral Cup or he could run in the county either. Yeah, Embittered was a real eye-catcher on his handicap debut at the DRF, so he's a horse that you sound like you're a little bit confident about. Yeah, we'd be hoping for a good run from him wherever he goes, um, um, wherever he goes, uh, Emmett, yeah. Having gone up £10 by the Irish handicapper, were you surprised to see him go up 17 in total then by the British? Yeah, sure, listen, I suppose there's been enough said about about the handicap handicapping system there in recent times I, I don't need to add any fuel to the fire but it is what it is and, and whatever decision the handicappers come to it's final and um, um, and, and that's their decision so there's no point in, in complaining about it too much uh, only if you're not happy uh, stay at home eloquently put and hopefully you'll prove them right on the day hopefully you'll prove them right uh, Front View was a very confident pick by Andrew Halligan at a Cheltenham preview night on Waterford that I was uh, on the panel of what's the latest on him and his Cheltenham target? Um, yeah I'd say he's probably most likely target is the Martin Pipe um, uh, he has a couple of other options but he's in good shape ran a nice race in Turles the other day and um, uh, he would be hopeful of a good run from him that's music to Andrew and the crowd's ears down in Waterford at the uh, at the preview night on Friday with Jane Mangan. We had a lot of crack down there. Uh, Sempo. So he's got engagements in the Coral Cup and the Potato Race. So it could be a grade one novice hurdle or the Coral for him. He was a very classy horse and he ran well in the champion bumper last season. Uh, which way are you leaning? Probably Albert Bartlett is probably the more likely of the of the two options. Um, he won very impressively in Turles the other day. His form ties in very well through Cobbler's Way with latest exhibition, and um, um, yeah, he's in good shape. And uh, um, he might he he might go um, over for for possibly that race. Okay, so Grade One honor so on Gold Cup day. Do you feel he has the experience and, and the toughness required for that race? I'd say he has the toughness anyway, and he's had he's had plenty of runs over hurls. So, um, uh, yeah, ho- hopefully, hopefully he has anyhow. Top Moon also has an engagement for the Coral Cup. Is that the plan? Um, I would think so. Yeah, he got put out of the Martin Pipe, so so um, um, he'll probably probably end up in the Coral Cup. Ran ran a good race last time. We just probably things didn't fall 100% right for him over a trip a bit shorter than ideal but his form up to then would be very good and he'd go there with an each way chance as well uh, The last time you were on with us you gave us two horses for bumpers they both won at good prices at Leopardstown so Final Furlong Podcast listeners were in gravy given the fact that you've got such a strong bumper team a lot of them are exciting long term prospects but are you going to be sending anything over for the festival itself? 
No, um, uh, no, it's, it's unlikely that we'll have a runner in the bumper end. And is that due to the O'Leary team and their dislike of the champion bumper, or is it just that you want to protect these horses for next season? Not, not necessarily. I mean, we can get plenty of experience into them at home, and uh, and uh, and uh, some of the horses that have won, it might be coming a little bit soon for them. So, um, 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 yeah, no, no, no reason in particular, only that there's there's suitable targets at home for them. Well, even Fire Attack, who ran the other day behind the French horse's name, who's, oh, this will be it. Yeah, Fakir Delane. Fakir Delane. Lane, yeah, he looks yeah, an exciting yeah. prospect. Yeah, very exciting prospect. He ran very well in East the other day, and um, um, yeah, he'd be probably left in the race, but I'd say it's unlikely he'll travel. And Panic Attack and Eric Bloodaxe, there's a whole load of them there to look forward to for hurdlers next season. If there was any horse I could make this happen, Joseph, any horse that I could take from another trainer's yard and move to Owning Hill that's running in Cheltenham, who would it be? Um, definitely the salt. If we could wind, wind back to him, just turn three, and we could have Duffy the Salt, that'd be ideal. You'd, you'd like him as a three-year-old? Yeah. <laughs> you'd like to start and scratch with him. Would you go champion chase or Ryanair with him? Uh, I'd say he, he'll go to the champion chase. Uh, I've been extremely impressed with him this year, and uh, um, um, I can see him giving Antioch plenty to do. Okay, I, I like the way you ducked that question and didn't switch things for Philip Hobbs that's a see you, you've gotten too good at this media game uh, of all of the team of horses you're sending over from Owning Hill Joseph who are you most excited about unleashing on Cheltenham yeah so back here the Diaries Emmet is, is probably our, mo- our shortest price and, and our best chance um, uh, of the week um, he's a grade one winner and um, be hoping for a good run from him and the handicapper that you think has the best chance um, I think I have plenty of them there with each way chances and maybe not really an outstanding one um, um I suppose front view is the one everyone will be jumping on, but I was only only just happy with his run in Tarlis. I thought I didn't think he could have been much closer to the winner, you know. So so um uh, he got interfered with a little bit in the straight, but um I, I wasn't I wasn't as impressed with him in Tarlis as a lot of people are seeing. But I'd be hope, hoping he could run well. Um uh, and the fact that he's in the Martin Pipe gives him a chance. And of course us and them. And us and them has a chance in the Grand Annual as well, yeah. That's what we want to hear. Joseph, enjoy your days racing. I hope the build up to Cheltenham is panic free. Everything goes well and all the horses get over there safe and sound. Two winners last year was fantastic. Please God, you'll add to that again this year. Yeah, please God. Thanks very much, Emmett. It's Cheltenham with the Betfair Exchange. It's all leading to the first race on day one and the roar at the off. Bet 20 on the first race. Get a £20 free mobile bet on the Betfair Exchange. Minimum £20 in exchange back bets. Max £20 free bet. Not valid on each way and SP bets mobile only. Excludes anti-post bets. T's and C's apply. 18 plus be gambleaware.org. A man that we've talked about on the podcast for years, years and years and years, giving my age away now, is David Pipe. David, welcome to the podcast. Great, great to be on the, on the podcast. Thank you for all the fun with Moonracer and on Tempor 2. And thank you for the invite to their retirement party last year. Two legends for you. Yeah, no, they were they were brilliant horses, and obviously very hard to replace as well. But uh, they they did Pond House proud and uh, having happy retirement now. One of the things that I was very interested in at the start of the season was some of the stable tours you were doing. You were talking about the young horses that you had coming through and the rebuilding process. Statistically yep. speaking, this is now your best season for six years. It's yep. been, what's been the turning point for you, David? Uh, lots and lots of reasons, but. Um, 
you know, different buying strategy and um, changing things in the yard. But it seems to be working. The horses seem to be running well. And hopefully, yeah, we've got, we have now got some nice youngsters coming through. One of them is main fact. He's seven now, but he's going to go for a race that you absolutely love, the Petty Power Imperial Cup on Saturday. So I better ask you about this horse, first of all, because he's improving very, very quickly. You sounded reasonably bullish about him in a bulletin this morning. Yeah, I mean, he's taken us a bit by surprise. Um, we didn't imagine we were going to end up uh, in the Imperial Cup. Uh, obviously, uh, his win yesterday at, uh, at Weatherby was off his revised mark. Uh, we didn't know if he was going to find it harder, but um, he won with ease in the end. Yeah, he certainly did. Is it a question that you would keep the apprentice on board, Fergus Gillard? Yeah, for, Fergus works in the yard. He's 17 years old. Um, he's done nothing wrong, so we're going to let him have his chance on the big day. He, he is a bit of a quirky customer. Oh, that's the horse, not the jockey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, he doesn't travel um, the best in his races and then picks up at the end. So, um, you know, he'll, he'll need to travel a bit better at Sandbound, especially if the ground dries out a bit. Um, he does seem to handle soft ground very well. If he was to go well there, if he got the job done, would you then consider him for the county? Well, you'd have to. I mean, I, I don't think, he, you know, if he, if he was to win, he'd have a penalty, obviously, but I don't think he'd get in anyway. But he's taken three quick races um, before. Um, he, you know, he went all the way up to Weatherby um, back in the day and has ha- obviously had his race and there was not a nut left in the manger this morning. Which is great to hear, by the way, the fact that the horse is absolutely mopping up all the food. Fergus, by the way, is, is stealing that claim. Two wins in quick succession. He's going to be burning through that claim pretty quickly, I would imagine. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll um, look after the claim and look after him. Um, he's a young lad. He's riding well. And um, horses uh, seem to be running for him. You talked about the difficulty of replacing a horse like Moonracer who won the champion bumper for you and Tom uh, a few years ago and was a star in my eyes. Israel Champ, though, has emerged on the scene. Possibly a a similar type. He didn't take me by surprise at at Cheltenham. I was very, very bullish about him there. But Ascot, he then answered more questions by carrying that penalty in heavy ground in the listed race. And you've trained him for the champion bumpers since then. How has his preparation been going and what do you make of his chances? Yeah, I mean, he was good at Cheltenham. Possibly the best English form that we have. Um, His preparation's been good. And... um, Obviously, he handles soft ground very well, so we won't really mind what the ground is. Um, he's in good form, and um, he's been to Cheltenham. He won't mind the hustle and bustle uh, of the bit of the race. Um, he's fairly uncomplicated. He was an impressive winner of his point-to-point. He has competed in a big field, although beaten that day, but the experience is there, and to me, he's got the class and the turn of foot for the race that's necessary as well. Yeah, look, he's, yeah, he's he ticks a lot of the right boxes and um, you know he's he's in good form at home and he he must have you know if he if he turns up in good form on the day he must have, have a great chance you know obviously Willie Mullins his horse appreciate it uh, was very impressive um, and looks the one to beat but um, you know we're, we, we like our horse well I think your horse is the one to beat good every, man I hope you're right uh, I've been open about that on every Cheltenham preview and the final Forlum podcast for quite some time <coughs> speaking of Willie Mullins you've acquired Panic Attack she went over and won at Market Raisin by 10 lengths in the listed race how has she settled into Pond House and how did that whole transaction come about because I'm pretty sure getting a horse away from Willie is a difficult process <laughs> yes I think we'd all uh, all 
agree with that. It was um, all down to the owner, Brian Drew. He um, he did the deal. It took me by surprise one night when he phoned me and said that he was thinking of buying Panic Attack. I'd seen her win at Market Raisin and was very impressed with her. It was a good performance that day. Uh, I think the performance probably took Willie by a bit of a surprise as well, uh, by the ease of it. Um, but she set, settled in well. Yeah, not always ideal changing stable halfway through the season but she settled in well yeah she's only a four-year-old uh, and obviously a filly so she gets 15 pound allowance off israel champ and appreciates it um which is a big a big pull she seemed to travel very well at market raise and, and quicken up without being asked a question uh, so the only question mark about her is how she'll handle very soft ground being uh, a bit more flat bread you know that would be a slight question mark. Does the fact that she's a four-year-old bother you at all? Because you got to go back to cue card. So the stats boys will be trying to beat her with that. But does that concern you? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, she seems straightforward. She's settled in well. She's doing everything nicely. So um, I, it doesn't doesn't affect me. Um, she, yeah, she's been in training with Willie for a long time. And, um, you know, she's... Uh, up to everything that uh, that we've given her so far. And speaking to Paul Tennant after the race, he was making the point that she really knew her job. That you know she she clearly had been showing the right signs at home and and had plenty of experience from what they'd done with her in Cole Sutton. Well, he's always always know the time of day, don't we? <laughs> he does all right, that Willie Mullins. He's probably a name to keep <laughs> on side. He's one to watch, I think yeah. that fella. He's probably one to watch. The fact that Brian Drew bought this horse and then said sorry Willie I'm taking her away he could easily have left the horse in Cool Sutton you've got a, a very loyal team of owners particularly Brian Drew and Professor Caroline Tisdale but that's a real endorsement of the relationship that you two have and also his belief in you as a trainer that he would take the horse away from Willie and go nope David's my man yeah well no that's Brian Drew and Professor Caroline Tisdale being fantastic um, and yeah it's great that um, you know Probably being in Ireland is, is not ideal for Brian. Um, we've had some great successes um, in the bumper, obviously, with Moonracer and, and plenty of other successes in the French Champion Hurdle and, and Temple 2 twice at, at the Cheltenham Festival. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a trust thing as well. Um, we have a good uh, relationship and um, let's hope it gets better after the bumper. Please God, hopefully. As long as she finishes second and Israel Champ <laughs> wins, I'll be okay. I wouldn't mind a 1-2. One, one I, I, don't, I don't mind which way round either. It's win only in Israel Champ for me, so Israel Champ wins, <laughs> Panic Attack is second, Willie can finish third with the uh, appreciated and wonder about what might have been with Panic Attack. Speaking of Israel <laughs> Champ's connections, John Wyden and Underhill, they're obviously fantastic owners for you as well. You're going to have to correct me on the pronunciation because to be fair, Rory Delargy has said that if I ever start pronouncing French names correctly, he's going to leave the podcast. Ramses de Tselle. Rams de Tselle. Yeah, something, yeah, something like that, yeah. That'll, that'll do? Okay, perfect. That'll, that'll do. Has the potato race, has the Albert Bartlett been the plan all season for this horse? The plan was to take advantage of still being a novice hurdler. Um, which we did at Cheltenham in October, we reverted back to fences. Um, then he had a wind operation, and he's bounced back better than ever, really. Two great performances at Haydock and Doncaster. Um, so, you know, we didn't think he was going to end up in the Albert Bartlett um, at Cheltenham, but after his two, before, two last performances, he's, he's, he's a live contender. That race is 
brutal. It is a real stamina-sapping war of attrition, and it tends to be... Every now and again, you'll get a pen hill, but it does tend to be a race that goes to a horse with plenty of experience, and that very much applies to him, and he's still quite a young horse as well. We've been talking about him on the pod for, for quite some time, and we, we really fancy him. Do you think that he has the running style of the race and the toughness that is that he has, the guaranteed stamina, that that all gives him a big chance of a big run? I do, yeah. Um, you know, he, he's been in the Grand National. Uh, he, he won't mind the big occasion. He stays. Uh, he doesn't mind the hustle and bustle. It is on the Friday, and I think they talk about a sort of a drying week. So in an ideal work, um, well, the softer the better for him. At the same time, uh, he finished second in the Grand National trial at Haydock uh, when it was actually goodish ground. So he's still a, a effective on that ground. Uh, he, I think, is rated the fifth top novice Either in England or England and Ireland, um, and some of the other, some of the ones above him uh, are running, you know, in the two mile division and the two and a half mile division. So I think he's a pound higher than the favourite for the Albert Bartlett, mm. uh, and I think he's got a great chance. As you said, he's a pound higher now than Time Hill, who's the nine to two favourite currently with Betfair. The money keeps mm. pouring in for Rams de Tsaye, and uh, that may very well be the fault of well, Lydia Hislop has been talking him up a lot, but certainly Rory Delargy and I have been shouting him till the cows come home. So hopefully he will be a winner for you I, on, on Gold Cup Day. I don't know about me, but Rory certainly is. Good. The Martin Pipe, you'd obviously love to win that race, and you've had a number of tilts at it over the years. What's the current state of play? Not a lot, to be honest. <laughs> um, Ambrigado, he um, hasn't fulfilled his potential yet. He's in good form. He'll either go for that or the Coral Cup. Uh, he, he'd get in. Um, as of the, the others, really, it depends on how far it goes down in the handicap. Um, Eden Dehoe might run in it. He ran well at Ascot. Strange kind of race because he sort of lost his place and dropped out and then stayed on strongly. Um, but he's off 130, so uh, in recent years he wouldn't get in. But actually last year, the Martin Pipe and the, and the uh, County Hurdle went down a lot lower. So um, we're hoping it goes down that low this year. Is Eden Dehoe a horse who's frustrated you? Because I was there at Ascot that day and it looked as though, with the greatest respect, that he was going to fall at the back of the telly. And I was shocked how he stayed on so strongly to finish third. I couldn't believe that he, that he did that. He's, That's he, right. yeah, he's clearly got talent. Yeah, no, it was a strange race. Um, if he jumped, like, look, he would have finished second if he jumped better. Uh, the winner um, has gone up a lot and, and no one was going to beat the winner that day. Uh, but there's, there's more to come from Eden Dehoe and um, you know, we might change his, his headgear uh, at Cheltenham. Um, he is in at Sandown on Saturday as well in the EBF final, so uh, there's a possibility he might go there or we might go straight to Cheltenham. Eden de Ho, a possibility, but Umbrigado, would you choose Coral Cup over the Martin Pipe or is the Martin Pipe the one you're... He'll be left in uh, both at the five-day stage and we'll just have a look. Stupid question, but what would it mean to win <laughs> your father's race? Oh, yeah, I mean, look, it'd be, it'd be absolutely amazing and something that I obviously very much want to want to do but um, sometimes you find the harder you try the less likely you are um, about doing it so I've, I've um, just um, eased off it a little bit now and uh, if it happens it happens Given the friendships that form in racing and while it's this weird thing about there is rivalry and everyone's out to win but there's also a great bond and a great dynamic and strong relationship amongst the racing community when Gordon Elliott wins the race and his association with Martin back in the day that I'm yeah. sure it gave you a great kick, even though you would have loved to have won the race yourself. Yeah, no, that's right. He tells me he's going to win it again this year. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But uh, yeah, you know, Gordon uh, makes a, a big point of trying to win my father's race each year and uh, be doing his best again this year. Did he tell you which one? What's the? He's got the favourite for it. Is he, what's it called? Um, Column of Fire or something? Like that. I don't know. Uh, yes, you're right. Column of Fire. The other horse is the boss's Oscar. I quite fancy him, yeah, so yeah. I, I'd be yeah. for, I'd be very very happy if he was to go and get the job done. He finished second when a uh, horse we bought recently, Brinkley, finished third in Ireland. And um, Brinkley came out and won very easy at Newbury the other day. Nice one. So a good boost to the boss's Oscar's boss form. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Thank you very very much. Night Edition is a horse that both Rory Delargy and Andrew Mount were very very keen on on our Cheltenham handicap special good he's going to be going for the boodles how is his prep been going yeah no he's in good form uh, yeah he goes <coughs> for, the, for the race um, he's improved with each run uh, obviously he's got form around Cheltenham handled the soft ground just had a school round really at Ludlow last time we had to get the third run into him to get him qualified look he's on a mark to get in he's probably on I don't know is it, he's probably on a high enough mark for me but at the same time, he uh, is improving. Has got an engine, and uh, and you know he's he has an each way chance. Anything else on the team that you're particularly excited about running at the festival? I suppose we've got Eamon and Knock who ran well there last year. He, he either run in the Brown Advisory or the or the Grand Annual. Finished fourth in the Brown Advisory last year. Um, he won't mind what the ground is, and uh, he, he keeps he keeps running. Good races, likes Cheltenham. Uh, I keep saying he's going to win a win a big race. He hasn't done it yet, but uh, he's in he's in good form and, and would have a chance in whichever race he goes. Eamon and Knock, so we'll be keeping a very close eye on. Of all the horses you're sending, who are you most excited about seeing? I think my best chance is Ramsey to Tully. Oh, that's what we love to hear. That's what we love to hear, David. If I could, <laughs> if I could get in touch with Brian and get him to buy any horse from another yard to be transferred to Pond House, <laughs> who would you want? <laughs> Has to be Envoy Allen, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. He's the most exciting yeah. novice we've seen for quite some time. David, the very best of luck to you. You do a, a fantastic blog. I'm sure it's you writing this blog. Oh, yes. Sitting, oh, yes. sitting down each <laughs> night, carefully writing it. But to be fair, davidpipe.com, you keep punters and you keep fans informed and it's a fantastic thing that you do on the site so the very best of luck to you Cheltenham we'll be cheering you on particularly with Israel Champ Night Edition and Rams the Tie thanks Emmett you do a great job with yours as well thank you David that's going to go on my LinkedIn page a huge thank you to Joseph O'Brien and to David Pipe for giving us their valuable insight into their respective teams for Cheltenham 2020 especially at such a busy time of year as well as we get ready for the greatest show on turf and that's exactly what we're doing on the Final Furlong Podcast. It's Wednesday, 4th of March, as we release this podcast. And later on tonight, we're releasing another, another Cheltenham bonus as Danny Mullins joins us to talk about all of the leading Willie Mullins contenders for Cheltenham 2020. Danny's got some very strong views, particularly about some of the opposition There's a novice chaser who's a short price for Cheltenham who he's very, very keen to take on. And he's got some strong opinions about some other horses as well and some very strong views, uh, not always on the positive side too, about some of the Mullins team. So it's a podcast that you cannot miss. Unmissable listening as Danny Mullins takes us through the Willie Mullins team and his thoughts on Cheltenham 2020. You will get that later on. It could very well be Wednesday night as in Thursday morning by the time it's released but 
It's a great podcast. We had a lot of fun recording it and hopefully you will enjoy it as much as you enjoyed hearing from Joseph and David. Uh, on attheraces.com, the Cheltenham Megasite is in full swing. There is new content this week. There are stable tours just released with Colin Tizard and Gordon Elliott. Colin Tizard has got an incredibly strong team of novice hurdlers and indeed novice chasers, but particularly novice hurdlers. And Gordon Elliott, leading trainer at Cheltenham in 2018. Can he do it again? Uh, find out their thoughts on attheracist.com. There's also handicappers and novices to follow from Sky Sports Racing's chief analyst, contractually obliged to say that, Jamie Lynch. Declan Ricks and Glenn Toner give you dark horses to follow. Plus, the Sky Sports Racing presenters are nominating their four best bets for the Cheltenham Festival. Can't we just rephrase that to the Sky Sports Racing presenters give you their lucky 15s for the Cheltenham Festival? That sounds much better. Well, we just tend to break the rules on the Final Forum podcast. So let's go with that. Yeah, get the lucky 15s from the Sky Sports Racing team on atheraces.com. And daily, oh, ATR have signed. They've pulled an absolute genius move. You know from the Cheltenham previews what an absolute gentleman Jamie Codd is. But you also know the, fa- the fantastic insight that he gives. So ATR have signed Jamie Codd for an exclusive daily blog for all four days of Cheltenham. You need to be reading that, and you can only get it at attheraces.com, and it's all for free, along with the daily tips from the superb trio of Simon Rowlands, Tony Keenan, and Hugh Taylor. All of that available for free, along with detailed race cards as well. It's just fantastic. Uh, the Final Forum podcast is for free at theraces.com and uh, access to race cards and tips from Simon Rollins, Tony Keenan, and Hugh Taylor, and that blog from Jamie Codd, all for free as well. Insane. Take advantage of it. Take advantage of it at theraces.com, and make sure you're checking out the Cheltenham Mega site as well. It is brilliant. In terms of the Final Furlong Podcast Cheltenham content, as I said, the Danny Mullins interview is going to be released a little bit later on this evening, so we're recording Wednesday, 4th of March, so that's coming out a little bit later on tonight. Also, if you haven't listened to our handicap special with Rory DeLarge and with Andrew Mount yet, uh, they have moved markets. It's a sea of blue on the at the races price comparison on the race cards for Cheltenham. So you want to listen to that. There's some very, very strong opinions there and some and a very confident nap in one of the handicaps from Rory as well uh, and also from Andrew. So check that out. On Monday, we recorded another Cheltenham special, this time with Harry Derham who gives us all of the latest insight on the team at Ditchit for Paul Nichols, uh, the champion assistant trainer, sorry, Harry, giving us his insight into the Nichols team, uh, how he feels about how the runners are going to perform and who he sees as the biggest threats to the Nichols team from both Ireland and from the UK. He's got some strong opinions on that podcast and some strong views about the rivals as well, and indeed strong views about his own team. So make sure you're listening to that. The second half of the podcast, I said it last year on the final furlong, and I stand by it. I think she's now the best analyst of Irish racing on TV. Jane Mangan joins us to preview the championship races for Cheltenham and as always, she's absolutely brilliant. So make sure you are listening to that. Harry Derham 
and Jane Mangan Cheltenham Special. Thursday, business as usual, we're previewing the weekend's racing. Roy Delargy, Kate Tracy, and a new member of the team will join us as we look ahead to the Imperial Cup. Hopefully it'll go ahead. Uh, there'll be some last-minute Cheltenham chat as well. But what you really want to know is, what's going on with the Cheltenham previews? On Saturday, you will get the Cheltenham preview for day one, and you'll get another podcast previewing day two. On Sunday afternoon, we'll take you through every single race of day three, and on Monday, we'll take you through every single race of Gold Cup Day. Four individual podcasts previewing every single race of day one, day two, day three, and day four. And we have got the final Furlong podcast, All Stars, lined up for the shows. We'll be joined by Tony Keenan, Declan Ricks, Rory Delargy, Jess Stafford, Kate Tracy, the first lady of the podcast, Vanessa Ryle, who hopefully will not be on a train dropping F-bombs left, right, and center. Or hopefully she will, depending on what persuasion you are. Uh, we also have got Brian Flanagan and Paul Ferguson. Get their expert insight for all four days of Cheltenham 2020 only on the Final Furlong podcast. Make sure you've hit the subscribed button on whatever podcast app you listen to so that you never miss an episode. All four Cheltenham previews will be available by Monday, but we're releasing days one and two on Saturday, day three on Sunday, and Gold Cup Day on Monday. And it should be a lot of fun, and hopefully there'll be plenty of gravy for us for Cheltenham 2020. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. We're looking forward to Cheltenham, and I hope you are too. We'll chat to you very, very soon on the Final Forum Podcast. Thanks for listening. God bless. It's Cheltenham with the Betfair Exchange. It's all leading to the first race on day one and the roar at the off. Bet 20 on the first race. Get a £20 free mobile bet on the Betfair Exchange. Minimum £20 in exchange back bets. Max £20 free bet. Not valid on each way and SP bets mobile only. Excludes anti-post bets. T's and C's apply. 18 plus be gambleaware.org. Have you downloaded the free app, The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheracescom forward slash app for more details.